What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more terrible wrestling takes. Oh shit, here we go. Look, right off the bat, let me remind you guys. Royal Rumble, Sunday. Only a couple days away. Only a couple slots left. Hit up myself at W-O-T-R, the show, at Ref Marsh, at Kevlar on the Rocks. Join in for the giveaway of the Wrestling on the Rocks t-shirts. 1 through 30 will be drawn at random for each Royal Rumble. 30 people have the chance to win one of or two of two t-shirts. And if you show up to twitch.tv slash podcast on the Royal Rumble Day and you enter the chat, I will put you in for a rattlesnake wrestling pin. So make sure you guys get on that and get yourself situated by Sunday. With that being said, we had Raw, we had NXT. I tell you, Raw Raw didn't hit for me, so that's why I waited this long. Let's get NXT so I can kind of build up what we got as far as a whole episode goes. Um, look, I, I think I think Raw itself was, it felt like you can't do this shit when COVID's not around. I was really, really upset watching Raw. I thought maybe we would get something a little bit, uh, a little bit stronger, you know, in this this pay per view run up for a Raw show, especially the Royal Rumble. Show me somebody who looks like a legit contender on Raw, and I'll tell you that you're lying. You know, the only person that really looked like they had some steam was Riddle. And all his shit was with the Hurt Business. You know, he had that gauntlet match so he can uh, he can challenge Bobby Lashley. Well, why is he doing a gauntlet match when he... Because look at it this way. The gauntlet match is what? About stamina, right? So his stamina is good enough to wrestle an awesome match with Shelton Benjamin. An awesome match with Cedric Alexander, but he's not going to be able to make it through the Royal Rumble. I don't understand. So he had he had the most, what it seemed like, uh, the most push, you would say, you know, in wrestling terminology that I don't like to use. I, I don't know. I mean, look, the Shelton match with Riddle was awesome. Uh, I, I mean, those guys, they, they really, you know, that's where you got to give Shelton the credit. Like, we, we talk about Cesaro and... Uh, I don't know, Nakamura and all that stuff. I, not that I want Shelton to have a run, but if Shelton's put in position to have fantastic matches, then let's get that. It's a big reason why I hate the fact that they've been trying to show you that the Hurt Business is going to break up since before Cedric even joined. And then as they were building up towards the tag titles, Cedric was becoming more and more arrogant. It doesn't make sense. Okay? But Shelton and Cedric could have just phenomenal tag matches, especially since they're the tag champions, for the next fucking year and a half. What's wrong with that? Just give us that. That is more than okay. So, I don't know, man. I, I was just, you know, because they did it again. You know how uh, Cedric kind of ruined MVP's match and 
you know, they turn their back on Cedric. It's just be the Hurt Business because the Hurt Business is dope. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the show actually started off with Drew McIntyre. Um, I don't know, man. Um, whatever. You know, I, I'm I'm not. I guess I'm out. Yeah, I'm out on Drew McIntyre. I don't know what it is. It doesn't make sense. But I think I think I was thinking about it this morning. What if Drew McIntyre is better off not carrying the company, but still being the champion? Like when when Mankind was champion. He didn't have to carry the company. When even when Kurt Angle was champion, he would five words in a promo, maybe maybe get every other week or so he would get a longer promo. But then somebody comes out and the the B side of the feud was actually carrying it through promo work. Maybe that's what we need from Drew, because whatever he's trying to sell me doesn't make sense. I would maybe maybe he needs to be in the King Corbin position where he has some type of uh, minions that that show his strength, but they want him to be a babyface, and I don't. Uh, it's not that I think he's a heel; it's that I'm not invested in who he is. So him as the champion doesn't doesn't make sense to me anymore. I don't know what it is, but anyway, um, you know, the first 12 minutes was taken up by Drew McIntyre, Miz, Morrison, and Goldberg, and shouts to Goldberg. Dude looks jacked. Um, I thought the Miz took an amazing spear, and maybe that's a sign of things to come. You know, I listened to a couple podcasts, and they're talking about how these uh, WrestleMania matches might go or Royal Rumble matches might go. What if the Miz pins Goldberg with Money in the Bank after Goldberg beats Drew McIntyre? Imagine that. <laughs> One of the losses on Goldberg's record is the Miz. Could you imagine Miz talking about how he beat Goldberg? Like, this fucking dickhead talking about how he beat Goldberg. I think that's probably the highlight that came out of all that Drew McIntyre, uh, Ms. Morrison, and Goldberg stuff. Um, followed, that was followed up by fucking Charlotte and Shayna match, which turned into a six-woman tag match, which turned into let's do it again. Like, it was 40 minutes into Raw. We had one match that was recycled into three fucking matches. I mean, I <laughs> I said it that night, like, Raw's going to fuck around and make me fantasy book. How I can show you how to make this show better. Have the tag title match. Have the women's tag title match and get the fucking tag titles off of Asuka and Charlotte. This way the tag titles can be used usefully. Put them on fucking Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. They look better and better every time I see them. Mandy's knee strike is fucking great. Fucking great. Her forearms are looking good. The way she runs the ropes looks good. Mandy is getting so much better. And Dana is getting cleaner. Do something different. Because whatever this fucking is that they want to do, it doesn't add up for me. It doesn't add up for a lot of the fans out there. We, A lot of us disagree with Charlotte having one title uh, it looks like they're pushing her towards having two titles at some point. I don't know why, but the fact that they have the women's tag titles makes zero sense to me. The match with Shayna that she was having looked like it was going to go somewhere, and then you see Charlotte not really selling for Shayna, and I'm like, I can't do this. I have such a problem. Fucking the, the Tuesday edition of Busted Open that drops 
on podcast on Wednesday. In the description, it says the guys adamantly defend the Charlotte storyline. I didn't even download it. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it. If you have to adamantly defend anything, you're most likely wrong. Now, I will go to bat for Alexa Fiend since SmackDown. And I've been I've been doing that. The reason why I have a podcast is because I called Becky three years before she was a superstar. I felt like she was going to be that. But what do we need? We need time on TV. We need proper execution. If Becky gets time on TV and doesn't have proper execution, we don't get the Becky that we have. Charlotte gets all the time on TV. We don't have proper execution. This shit ain't working, bro. It's not working. You're recycling a storyline from fucking three years ago. The Charlotte shit is not working. It's absolutely not working. And I don't know why people feel like they need to defend like it actually is. And as the guys over at Wrestling on the Rock say, I love eating crow. I love getting worked. That's why we watch wrestling. We want to be worked. We got fucking worked with the Alexa storyline at the end of the night. Fucking people spent three hours saying Alexa can't beat Asuka. Alexa can't be the champion. And what happens at the end of the night? Alexa doesn't beat Asuka. She isn't the champion. We get what we ask for in everyone else. We don't get what we ask for in Charlotte. We, we get worked. We get worked by every other storyline because we think they're going to do something different. In Charlotte, we know exactly what's going to happen, and we don't bite into it. That shit's got to stop, man. That shit's got to stop. Uh, I thought Edge's promo was awesome. I think the entire roster can take lessons from it. He did exactly what you would think he would do. I don't know if him going to the Rumble does anything for me because I think Edge is in this position that he doesn't need to win the Rumble to get a title shot. So why go in the Rumble at all? The story he was telling with Randy beforehand was good enough. Yes, it'll be cool. Um, I know those who have seen or was there live when Edge did return, it was amazing. I, as a dad, I, I cry at people's happy accomplishments. It's just a, a trigger for me now. So when the first time I saw the gif of um, the gif of, of Edge coming through the smoke and he likes you can see him like well up in his cheeks I started tearing up and I'm like yeah because it means that much to him you know like I said a couple episodes ago if you take a look at every woman who won the, the title once the title became the new women's title every every wrestler from Alexa to to uh, 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 Naya they all they all get this crying face on some of them hold it in some of them can't but they start crying when they win the title. And that shit triggers me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just so oh, it's just just the thing with me that happens. But anyway, um when 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 Edge came back and I saw that, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not an Edge guy. Never was an Edge fan. I really liked the greatest match ever. I thought it was awesome. I didn't like their WrestleMania match. You know, let me see something else. Uh he's been away for a while. I think the Royal Rumble is gonna be a good spot to reintroduce him and then kick off whatever's gonna happen next. And and I'll definitely be fine with that. I thought R-Truth versus AJ was awesome. I watched a lot of Raw with the sound off, so I didn't get everything. I know that uh, R-Truth had some other segments where he was, you know, being typical R-Truth funny self. But I thought I thought R-Truth and AJ was a perfect example of why you don't do the first 40 minutes the way you did. You had 40 minutes was, I believe, 12 minutes was a promo segment with those guys to start the show and then the next 28 minutes were 
the six women recycled three different ways. Meanwhile, our truth versus AJ was really fun, and we had maybe what four minutes of it. Why couldn't we get twelve minutes of that match, just for the sake of, just for the sake of? If you're having a, because I, I felt like this was a COVID shortened show for some reason. That maybe there was people that you know, or they're keeping people off TV so you can you know love them again when they show up on Sunday. That's fine. But if you have to find ways to fill time. You don't do a four-minute match with R-Truth and AJ. Give him a longer time. Why not? R-Truth doesn't wrestle. So let him wrestle. Give him the time. I thought that would have been the, the, the right thing to do, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I thought Woods versus Slapjack was pretty good. They had a really fun match. I mean, both can really, really wrestle. Uh, Ali is doing the greatest, second best, maybe third best character work in WWE right now. I mean, Bailey super understands her character. Uh, uh, Alexa Bliss really understands her character, and Ali is definitely on that on that wave too. Uh, I mean, I think we all believe Ali more than we believe Drew McIntyre, and that's not a, that's not saying Ali should be the champion. It's just when when Ali's on TV doing his thing, you believe in Ali. So uh, we'll see we'll see how this all goes. The guys over at Wrestling on the Rocks again uh, keep shouting them out. Fuck it, uh, they were talking about how. Uh, this this leading to an Ali versus Kofi at Mania, I'm like of, of course I don't know why I didn't see it that way. But I also don't fantasy book, so when I hear stuff like that, it's like oh man, you're right. Now that's all I want to see. So you know, kind of give and take by not not fantasy booking. But I thought the yeah the Wood Slapjack match was pretty good. Uh, I know this is the, actually you know what I was just gonna shit on it and then I kind of thought about it half a second. It all made sense. Why are they doing this with Woods? What's Woods have to do with it? Well, it's all about how Ali can get at Kofi. At the end of this, Woods has no beef with Retribution. He's just there fighting for his man's honor. Once Kofi comes back, everything with Woods doesn't even matter anymore. It's kind of just a stopgap to allow uh, this to get to to Kofi, and that makes sense. Um, Look, Sheamus versus Morrison I thought was a fun match, really, really fun match. But again, you're recycling content to do a two-on-one with Miz and Morrison. Last week, you did just a promo segment that made Miz look super credible and then turned it into this match where Miz doesn't look credible. What are you doing? What are you doing? In in IWC terms, this is 50-50 booking. You make them look strong. You make them look weak. Now everybody looks the same. No, this is fucking stupid. If you want people to buy into Miz credibility, show it. Let's do it. And they took it away from last week because I thought they did an awesome job last week. Other than that, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is everything phenomenal about Raw. When she did Alexa's Playground, talking about having her match and talking about he and all that stuff, the energy of the fiend. I'm, I'm just, she is completely dialed in. Completely dialed in at the end of this alexa oscar match i tweeted out um something to the fact of uh mission accomplished best four minutes of raw i don't know if i said ever or last year this year whatever it is but the last four minutes of raw was absolutely spectacular i thought i thought the match itself alexa versus oscar like we saw last week was Everything we thought it could be, 
and exactly how it should have been. I mean, these two have really good chemistry. Uh, uh, Alexa's character is developing into that that more entity version of Alexa, and Asuka's character is taking steps down every time she experiences it, and that's an important thing. You could say she's your Raw Women's Champion. You got to make her look good. No, 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 no. Let the character work play out. There still could be a chance where Asuka can train for it and and get herself, uh, uh, you know, stronger to take on these characters because it could just be a weakness in her being that emotionally vulnerable. Uh, but this Bliss character evolving the way it is is just it's it's awesome. It is fucking awesome. Uh, there's there's just this. I don't know, man. They're they're like it's a little bit of foundation, and then it builds a little bit of foundation, and then it builds. They just keep they keep sowing these little seeds, planting these little flowers, and then they grow, and then they bloom. And you're like, okay, that's dope. And then oh shit, here's another flower that's growing and blooming. And this garden's getting so fucking big. And every time I think that the Alexa character is done, it gets to the next level. I think uh, everyone caught it at the beginning of this match. She came out to the Firefly Funhouse theme. And she has her own fiend music. We've heard it last week. It's the Alexa. It's the OG Alexa remixed with some, some fiendism. Well, we got the straight Firefly Funhouse. And it was exactly for storytelling in the match. We get, we get Playhouse Bliss... And then mid-match, she changed to, as the uh, the commentator said it, she changed to the goddess. And I love the acting, the acting, the fucking acting. I mean, so not just mid-match, she changed to the goddess, but the music queued it up, right? We got the OG Alexa music. Had we gotten the Alexa music remixed with the theme, it, it wouldn't have hit the same. So shouts to them, because when the Alexa music hit, and it cuts away, and then it cuts back to Alexa, and she's back into her, her 2017, 2018, 2019 version of Bliss. It's like, oh shit, she is, she is full on with this possession. And shouts to no fans, because with fans you can't do this, right? So Alexa has the, play, uh, um, the, the, the goddess look going on, and then it, it, fucking Asuka doesn't know what to do, and she attacks her and all this shit, and then next thing you know... The fucking broken screens with the purple lights and the music and the, the fucking like all that fiend shit. And then fucking she changed again into the this darker self that she is. And I, I, I'm telling you, man, I don't think this is Bliss Fiend yet. I called this shit months ago, too. What is it going to be, right? Is it going to be... Is it going to be let's get rid of the dolled up and go darker makeup, or are we going to get a mask for Bliss too? And I feel like the way we're going, we might end up with a mask on Bliss because the the possession has become so unique that it's going to take something altering her for her to be fully possessed. Because whatever this is, it's toying with her interpersonalities, and we're seeing those personalities. I, again, I said it months ago too. The fiend, I thought, was a person. It's not. It's an en- energy. It's the entity. Same thing with Sister Abigail. Sister Abigail is not a person. She is an entity. Now, maybe Sister Abigail is the entity that creates the fiend, but whatever that fiend energy is, it, it's what is corrupting bliss. 
and we need Bliss Fiend to be fully immersed. Because remember, she used to get possessed, look at the ceiling, all that shit. She's not doing that anymore. Because that turned her stoicness into the the playhouse version. Okay, so that Alexis Playground, she is doing this this giddy thing just like the Firefly Funhouse. How does that translate into the Fiend version of her? I don't think it's just going to be the dark makeup. If it is, that is okay, but we need to see the dark makeup a little bit more defined and her actually come to the ring that way. And I think that's going to be the difference. What happens when she comes to the ring in Bliss Fiend version? What does that look like? So whatever we got at, at the end of this match was, I think, the start. The start of where Bliss Fiend is going to end up. Now, this was also the first time Bliss Fiend used the Mandible Claw, which I think is, is a bit of storytelling we didn't get before because I think that's just another chunk of her going that level. And then when she goes to do the Sister Abigail, bang, Randy Orton sneaks in. Burnt up Randy Orton face. Hits Bliss with the RKO. Scene. Credits roll. Raw's done. I, I Again, I tweeted out, I think it's the best four minutes of Raw. It, it didn't get much better than that. It was full on mission accomplished. I mean, yes, the rest of Raw was very, very mundane. I wasn't excited. It it just it did not hit the way I thought it should, especially for heading into a pay-per-view. But I have no clue what this segment does for... Royal Rumble, except for you have Bliss in the Rumble, you have Randy in the Rumble. Does the Fiend come out and help either one? And by the Fiend, I mean Bray Wyatt, Fiend Energy, Alexa, Fiend Energy. Does it help either one? Does it help both? So we'll see. We shall see. Um, I would imagine, you know, I'm not going to do predictions. I'll wait until SmackDown and we'll do SmackDowns and predictions. But, you know, Raw, Raw was not a fun show, but it ended on such a high note. So... I didn't think I would go 20-plus minutes on Raw um, before I got into NXT, but fuck it. All right, so NXT time. A good start, MSK versus Dane and Drake. And I tell you, Killian Dane and, and Drake Maverick are a really fun tag team. They they have that, you know, little guy, big guy dynamic, and they actually work really well together. Uh, they commentary mentioned it's the first time that they're both wearing <laughs> a uniform and they just got jeans and boots on. Um I would like to see that grow a little bit more. But watching Killian Dane work in this match against MSK, shouts to MSK, because uh, they definitely did their thing. I felt like Killian Dane has NXT champion in his future. I don't know why. It's just the, the way he looked on screen in that match. I go, this motherfucker can go and hold. And if he can go and hold, he could be champion. And it's, it's very well possible that that happens sometime. I don't know how soon, because NXT is definitely slow playing their champions, especially on the women's side. Um, but I definitely see it. I, th- I think MSK is really awesome, really exciting. I find him to be a, and uh, let me get, get some feedback on this. I find him to be a more acrobatic, faster version of the Usos, just not as technical. Because I think the, the Usos are just a fantastic te- uh, technical wrest- wrestling team. Um, but I think that I get Uso vibes from these guys, and they're just a little bit more acrobatic, a little bit faster. I don't think they're more athletic. I don't think they're more more technically sound. I think if you, you know, just the Usos turn, turn a different way. Uh, and MSK's finisher in this match, the, the what was it, like some tag team blockbuster? I don't even know how to describe it, but 
It's definitely dope. I mean, these guys really, really can put on a show. Absolutely put on a show. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Oh, MSK moves on. MSK moves on to the next round. They're going to face the winners of, uh, was it Phantasma and uh, and Lucha House Party. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Aaliyah and uh, Jesse Kamea. I am perplexed. We got this this massive build for Raquel. I thought she was going to the moon. Turns out we have some other plans in the women's division. That's okay. Um, I, I, I'm on the fence. I don't know if this showing between Raquel and Dakota Kai is going to push them towards winning the Dusty Cup or push them towards breaking up and then we get the blow off between Kai and Gonzalez before we get uh, Gonzalez by herself. If For me, the smart money is having Gonzalez by herself but without getting rid of Kai. But who knows because we got this little Tegan Knox promo where it seemed like maybe she's coming back sometime soon. So what's that going to do for Dakota Kai? Because they're always interstitially linked, linked, interstitially linked. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, but you guys know how much I feel about Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, she was my good cop moment when I was on my good cop, bad cop. I, I'll tell you. Um, let's see. You know, let's see. I, I, I won't look too far into it because then I, I get in my head too much. Um, I thought Kashida and Ruff versus Gyv was an awesome match. I thought that they they could have had Johnny and Theory be the reason Kushida lost because you, you kind of waste a segment when you have the match and then have those guys come out afterwards. But you also, it's like unnecessary beef, right? Like once Kushida loses, because I, I said this last week, once Kushida loses, he's going with Johnny. That's the obvious point of the storyline. They lost. So what do they do next? Like that's the question, right? Oh, Ruff and Kashida lost. What do they do next? Well, Kashida's going after Johnny. Well, Johnny showed up. Eh, eh, eh. If Johnny shows up and causes them the match, you go, oh, Kashida has to get back at Johnny. Getting back at Johnny after he beat you up after a match, it's like, oh, well, Johnny's just a dick. He didn't cause him to lose anything. There's no stakes there. It's just them fighting for the sake of fighting. So I thought they could have done that a little bit differently. Um, but shouts to GYV. I mean, the Grizzly Young Veterans are doing a really, really good job. They're uh, a fantastic tag team. I've been excited for them to be back, and uh, and I thought I thought they did a, an awesome job. And and who knows what's going to happen going forward? Because I think I think they're on the Thatcher. No, I, I don't remember who they are. I don't have the bracket in front of me. Uh, anyway, shouts to Bronson Reed, the Colossal. That's my guy. I think he is just fantastic, and I really like how he's on TV having matches and they're not giving him enhancement talent and making it squash squash matches. I think what they're doing here is they're they're giving him, you know, like a good seven, eight, ten minutes to have a really good solid match. He's not overly selling. He's showing you he can go. And then even the ending sequence to this match, I was like, oh shit, the tsunami splash is coming. Like I you know, I was surprised by the finish. Like the timing of the finish, so they did a really good job telling the story. Swerve Scott is fucking awesome, uh, and, and we'll see what happens going forward. I think you know, just building that single star gives you a chance. And somebody put it out there on Twitter that they want to see Bronson Reed in the um, maybe it was, I think it, it might have been Ref Marsh. Uh, so I want to see uh, Bronson Reed in the Royal Rumble. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Um, I think there's enough people on the roster 
between Raw and SmackDown that we've already known that we have stories to be told. But yes, the the visual of Reed in the Raw Rumble, uh, probably not a bad idea. Let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Uh, Tony Storm came out to cut a promo saying that she wants uh, stake at the title, and I thought it was odd because it was obvious that Io Shirai and Mercedes Martinez are going forward together. I'm not really sure what the beef would be with Mercedes Martinez because they didn't really cost each other the Dusty Cup, and then. They kind of played it that way, and I'm just like, eh, okay. But I'm down for these three. These three can fucking wrestle their ass off. So if we're going to get EO versus Mercedes versus Tony Storm at TakeOver Valentine's Day, uh, I mean, I'm definitely not mad at it. I just didn't like where it came from because I really didn't think it was uh, Tony's time. No uh, no pun intended. I didn't think it was Tony's time to, to go after the title here. But at least they're not throwing her to the wayside. Um, but it would be cool to see her show up in a rumble because shouts to Tony Storm, fucking fucking girl can wrestle. Uh, and since Rhea hasn't been on TV the last couple of weeks, you would imagine she's showing up in a rumble. So uh, why don't you come over to twitch.tv slash podcast and watch along with us to see if Rhea does show up. A uh, couple more things, and then, and then we'll get out of here. Scarlett did the recorded promo, and like I said, last NXT episode, these recorded promos they do are fucking phenomenal. Whatever they're doing it, to to have these video vignettes are just fucking amazing. And this one from Scarlett's no different. Um, Thatcher and Chapa to a lesser degree. It wasn't as cinematic as the one with Scarlett, but uh, Thatcher and Chapa. I mean, they they gave you the this is why we're together. This is why we're legit. And they kind of just crushed all beef that they had. So shouts to that. Um, Kurt Stallion and Tyler Rust, I think they're the same person, right? Is there a difference between them? Or one wrestled and one didn't? I don't know. I think they're the same person, though. Um, Tyler Rust can really fucking wrestle, though. Uh, Kurt Stallion, I don't know. Uh, Again, I watched with a little bit of the sound off, so I didn't really see what was up with that. I was just like, oh, shit, Tyler Rust. And they goes, nah, it's Kurt Stallion with with the graphic. So, And then the last thing I don't really understand, not to end on a low note, but this Balor O'Reilly stuff versus Birch and Lorcan. Um, I don't need the two of them to face Birch and Lorcan, Lorcan, your tag team. And this is some main roster beef, right? This is some main roster shit we talk about. Why you got two ta- two guys who aren't tag team beating your tag team champions in a non-title match? Why? You have the NXT champion and the latest number one contender, and they beat your tag champs. I get it, but they beat your tag champs, and they shouldn't, especially those two because they're a really good fucking tag team. So I found it odd that this is what it would be. Um, I also still find it odd that Balor has anything to do with the Undisputed Era. I'm not saying he should hate them, but when he was standing with uh, um, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly, I go, okay, it's definitely an upgrade from Bobby Fish, and it's not like Bobby Fish would be the guy in this scenario. Makes zero sense to me. Why would Bobby Fish... Why would Balor take the, the place of Bobby Fish. And we already did War Games, so you don't need this. It makes no sense. Makes zero sense. So, I mean, look, Finn Balor said that he wanted Pete Dunne. Okay, you're the champion calling out the challenger. Another bad storytelling. So, look, I, I'm not trying to shit on NXT, but I got to call a spade a spade, man. I got to call it like I see it. And I'm not going to bash anything else and not bash NXT if it's worth being bashed. Uh, this, this, this episode of NXT, I was... I was really high on the in-ring, 
And I think the overall storytelling, even though, and I, and I didn't want to trip about this because I saw somebody else say it, but the more I talk about it, I, it definitely feels correct. The point of this episode was to continue the Dusty Classic, right? It was also to help set up for uh, the February pay-per-view. I get it. I felt that. But the main contingents of storylines, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening with Finn Balor. I don't understand why Io Shirai needs two two opponents. I don't understand what what you're doing with Raquel Gonzalez. So I find it I find it a bit odd that we had such a great week of WWE last week, and this week felt like they couldn't build off the steam of what happened last week. Again, Raw was down from last week. I, I hope it's not a COVID situation, but you had I saw so many fucking people on TV. And so little matches in the ring. And that really fucking bothered me. Really, really fucking bothered me. I mean, just have... Even if you're going to recycle something, have have Mandy and Dana Brooke face Shayna and Nia in a number one contender match. And have Mandy and Dana win. Just do that. There's a fantasy book for you. Okay? The entire retribution was out there. Why don't you put Reckoning in a match? With anyone. Anyone else who was on the card. Do something. Something. You had the entire Hurt business go through a gauntlet match instead of having uh, Mason T-Bar versus Cedric and Shelton in a tag team title match. Just do it. What, what are you hurting besides giving us something new so you're not hurting anything? You know, and again, with... I know, I know NXT is doing their Dusty Cups. I know they're building towards. But again, I, I don't understand what's happening with... And, and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just... I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I'm just exhausted. I don't know. It's been a rough week. But I, I did enjoy NXT. But I find it hard to say that I enjoyed NXT. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not that guy. You know that's not my energy. So we'll see, though. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I was... I wasn't... I'm not saying I'm disappointed by NXT, but you had the matches and just where the stories could have clicked, they missed. You know, with the Johnny Kushida stuff, the Finn Balor stuff, I don't know, the Raquel stuff, the EO stuff. It's just I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in between how much I love matches and how much I love stories, and I usually like it when it's all together. So, But other than that, Sunday, 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 Sunday twitch.tv slash twtakespodcast. I will be giving away a rattlesnake pin to uh, from from at wrestling pins. Check out their website. They have dope shit. Uh, if you are in the chat on Twitch the night of the Rumble, I will be taking your name. I will be putting it in a wheel. That wheel will spit out who the winner is at some point in time during the Rumble. I don't know when I want to do it. I will be doing it at some point. Maybe when I hurt, hit a certain number in the chat, I don't know. If there's three people in the chat, hey, three people get a shot at the pin. If there's 50 people in the chat, then it's between 50 people. I don't care how many show up. I want you guys to show up. I want to have as much fun as possible. The guys over at Wrestling on the Rocks are giving away two T-shirts. There's in, they're taking 30 people, and they're pulling the number. The number is for, I believe they're pulling the numbers once. And that number is for both Rumbles. So if 14 hits at both Rumbles, you win two T-shirts. If they're redrawing, I'll have to, we'll have to clarify that at some, at some stage of the game. But fill up those slots. There's only a couple slots left. So DM me 
at Ref Marsh, at Kevlar on the Rocks, at Mrs. TW Takes. DM whoever you need to. Make it known that you want to be a part of the Rumble giveaway. It's a free t-shirt. They're giving you one of their t-shirts. They're dope shirts. They're all designed by at Ref Marsh. He does dope designs. He designed a, a screen front for us for, uh, for the Royal Rumble. We're going to have a blast, man. So come along. Uh, Twitch.tv slash TW Takes Podcast. They'll also be hosting it at Wrestling on the Rocks Podcast on Twitch. Just fucking come and hang out, man. Come and hang out. Watch the Rumble. You're watching it anyway. Fucking put Twitch up to listen to us bullshit. Uh, I engage in the chat. Uh, they engage in the chat. We'll be talking back and forth. Well, I mean, this shit should be fun. So come along. Have a good time. Other than that, nothing else to say. I, I'm not going to do predictions or spoilers or anything like that. I want to be super surprised. I want to be super surprised. So after SmackDown, I'm going to try to get at Mrs. TW Takes on here. And we'll do a SmackDown Royal Rumble preview. The Royal Rumble preview will consist of the singles and tag matches that are on there. And we won't guess who's going to win the Rumble or who's going to come back. Because I would prefer be surprised. And and we'll just have some fun, man. All right? So other than that, the music's already queued up. You know what happens next. So with that being said, review if you do. Rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.